Hello and welcome back to the Let's Get Wicked podcast. I am your host, Joker Jonesy here, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Headmaster Ditto. Ditto, how are you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing just fine. Now, the the ultimate question I'm going <laughs> to ask you for the rest of the time on the show, are you drinking coffee? As a matter of fact, I am. What kind of coffee are you drinking? Uh, it's just the Costco brand stuff right now because uh, I haven't imported the good stuff yet. No, so, what's the what's the good imported stuff? There's actually an Irish brand uh, that I'm not really sure how to pronounce, so I'm not going to try and butcher it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I import every now and again. That's not bad. Nice. No, yeah, I'm 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 used to. I, I don't drink coffee, as you all know, but I'm used to seeing my parents drink Folgers. That's the that's the brand I'm used to seeing. That, that's the intro brand. <laughs> that's the intro brand to the loving coffee. Okay. Yep. I'll keep this in mind. Um, now it's not just Ditto that is joining me today. I have a very, very special guest with us. Um, it is someone that I've been playing a ton of matches with recently on TTS. It is the one, the only Brian Drums from the Discord uh, server. Hello, how you doing, friend? Hello, I am doing well. Um, like Ditto, I am drinking something, but it's not coffee. I'm drinking the good old H two O, the water, uh, this evening. So. I'm doing well. Now the question is, is it tap water? Is it Dasani water? Is it flavored water? What kind of water is it? No, no, this is uh, filtered water. I have oh. a good old water filter that I fill up like every two or three days. Oh, okay. Now see, you've you know, got one of those too. All right. Yeah, yeah. I got one too, man. Um, I mean, I mean, well, well, you have to have one of these when you're living in Texas. It's like a hundred... Oh, no, you're not wrong. degrees out here. It, it, it's not much better here, I promise. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually drinking water as well. This is actually came out of my refrigerator because my, my new place has one of those uh, filtered refrigerator like uh, water things where you can just put it up to the fridge and it, and it gives it to you. I haven't, I haven't had one of these since I lived with my parents back in the day, and it's weird to have one now. So <laughs> it's quite nice. Um, I'm just... Glad we have a freezer over here that has an automatic ice maker. You know what? My <laughs> ice maker's broken. So I have to So was that. ours for like the longest time and those stupid trays are the most obnoxious things these days. <laughs> you see, I wish I had an automatic ice maker. Um I don't, but I don't mind filling up the tray every so oh. often. I gotcha. Well, the reason why we actually have Brian here today is because the topic of the show is chatting with someone who actually got introduced to tabletop gaming because of Disney Villainous. Now, I was playing a bunch of matches with Brian that will eventually be going up on the channel at some point in the far, far future, um, in a galaxy far, far away. And they are absolutely fantastic at matches. But one of the, cur- the things I found super curious when I was chatting with Brian a little bit is the fact that um, this is his first real tabletop game, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. That is correct. Yeah. So we kind of want to dive into the topic on the show, just chatting with our friend here, kind of ask, just kind of getting a feel for like, what's it like, you know, now playing a tabletop game? You know, why, you know, I know, I know what the, an- some of the answers are going to be, but like, why was Villainous kind of the gateway game for that to getting you into the tabletop? And we're just going to kind of, you know, jumping in the conversation that way. So I guess uh, if you want to start us off, Brian, um, what what got you into playing Disney Villainous? What was the what was the what was the first step? Well, um, 
what I can tell you is basically it would have been maybe two two years ago, I think. I can't remember when the actual first um whenever Wicked to the Core came out. Um it was twenty eighteen, right? Like that yeah, the first, like, the first game the came, out. came out. Yeah, so um twenty eighteen, um my girlfriend, but now wife, um at the time and I were at a family get together. Um, I think it was we were celebrating one of the holidays. I can't remember which which holiday it was. Um, yeah, we were just hanging out, and my sister approached me, uh, my older sister, and said that she had this new game. Um, it was like this board game, but everyone everyone that plays it gets assigned their own Disney villain. And the second I heard Disney villain, I was all in. I was like, "Yes, please! I need to play this game right now." When can I come over? We can have some drinks and we can just play and have fun. I, I was all in. So really it was just that first night um, that me and my uh, wife went to my sister's place and um, she cracked open the game and obviously it was Wicked to the Core. And when I saw Captain Hook, I was immediately like, oh my gosh, Like I want to play Captain Hook right now. What does he do? And I saw... Um, the quote on his board, the double the powder and shorten the fuse. I was like, oh, this is great. And then um, just seeing all the cards and, and, and everything and just the objective in general, I thought it was so it was so unique and so neat, um, mostly because um, I'm a huge Disney freak. I love practically everything Disney. Um, I go to the parks maybe like once every year, I think now since wow. um uh, um, my wife has family out in California. We we only go out there, and whenever we're out there, we do go to uh, Disneyland. Um, but yeah, just really when I was when I was introduced into that, I I was immediately all in. Um, before that, when it came to like tabletop games, um, I wasn't really too much of a fan. I I can't remember which one specifically we would play, um, but it felt lo- but they they only felt a little slow to me. So. I feel like having that Disney factor was just something that I felt like I could get into right away. Um, it's much like, um, so like I'm a big kingdom hearts fan. Um, so it's much like how I got into kingdom hearts was I, in 2003, I was nine years old and my mom got me this game and on the cover was this kid with spiky hair with the key, but I saw Donald duck and goofy I think Mickey was on the original cover and I was like, yep, what is this? I want to play this right now. And I would wake up every morning, like three hours before I would leave to go to middle school and I would just be playing like, like that's how into it I was. So, but yeah, just, uh, with Disney villainous, it was, it was just that, that mainly that first day, um, seeing my favorite, my favorite villain, um, in the Disney universe, basically captain hook and being like, Hey, this is awesome. I'm all in. And sorry, I'm definitely going off. No, it's okay. I I actually have some questions for you, just from yeah. a, even outside the tabletop perspective. Uh, was it so? I have so fun fact. I've been to so Disney is Disneyland is the one in California, right? Yes. Okay, so Disney World's the one in Florida. Yes. I've been to Disney World eight times in my life. And I, I have been to it eight times before the age of six because my dad, when he was starting his own uh, practice, when he was when he was a doctor, he had a mm-hmm. bunch of meetings out there. 
Um, so I've been I've been to like Disney World a bunch of times. Now, have you been to Disney World? Yes, I have. Um, now, what's your preference? Do you like Disney World or Disneyland better? Well, let's see. Um, the first time I went to Disneyland was in 2016, and that was around the time that um, uh, my wife and I started actually dating. Um, was around 2016, um, probably a couple months into um, our relationship. I had gone out there. Um, she wanted me to meet her dad because he lives out there, um, as well as some of her um, half-sisters uh, live out there. So we had gone out there, and that was actually my first time to go to Disneyland was in 2016. And with Disney World, I've been there multiple times ever since I was a little kid, um, growing up until uh, until around now. Maybe last time I was there was 2015. Um, but but I would say my preference. I don't really have a preference per se. Um, Disney World will always have a special place in my heart, mostly because I've been there a lot, and most of my childhood memories of Disney are from there. Um, but to me, Disneyland has the, has this really cool, unique factor that it's not um, that unlike Disney World, it's not in its own like little world. It's not in its own like area because in Orlando, Disney World, it's like that area where the Magic Kingdom is. It's basically almost like its own city or its own little town, almost with all the parks and all the resorts and such. In California, it's basically you just drive up, like there's the sign, but. <laughs> maybe like not even like a mile until you get to like the gate to like the entrance gate and right outside the park, there's like restaurants. And then I can't remember if the angels baseball stadium isn't far away from there, but, but yeah, that's, as that's far cool. as that goes, I normally don't have that's much of a cool. preference. I, uh, I remember my favorite ride and it still is to this day. And I know it still exists at least at Disneyland uh, or not at Disneyland, Disney world. Is the is the Buzz Lightyear Star Command ride where it's like the you're on the thing and you're shooting the stuff? Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> this is my favorite. Yeah. I'm a huge Toy Story fanatic, so um, that's one of my favorite rides. I'm not a huge roller coaster person though, so like all, when people talk about the roller coaster rides and stuff, I'm not like um, oh what's oh I'm trying I forget the ride. Um, but all, like all the different coaster stuff there, I'm just not like a huge fan of. But I love the thrill rides and stuff like that. I like going to Epcot. That's yeah, one of my favorite places to go. Um, I really dig Epcot. Uh, Ditto. Have you been to any of the parks? Probably been to Disney World more times than any sane person ever should. Really, <laughs> really. How many? Do you know? Um. Off the top of my head, I want to say about six or seven times. Jeez. Dang. Over the course of, like, ten years. Oh, wow. What's, a, what's your guys' favorite part? What's your, like, ride or part of the parks? I'm just curious. Jeez. you got to ask me the hard questions right away. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> a podcast within a podcast. We're now talking about the parks of Disney instead of villainous. That's what we do <laughs> right. on the show. <laughs> Uh, um, pr- probably the World Showcase is my favorite part. Yeah. Nice. Um, I would have to say with, gosh, this is so difficult. Um, right. with Disney World, um, I think Rock and Roller Coaster is one of oh, my favorite cool. rides, wow. like just in general. I'm not a big roller coaster guy myself, but Rock and Roller Coaster is just so freaking unique and it's so, and it's so neat. Just like to have that, that 
big thrill factor um, at Disney World, um, especially with like Aerosmith being like one of the main um, influences or like one of the main plot points of the ride. Um, but as far as like, um, let me see. Gosh, I'm trying to think. And then with um, with Disneyland, um, the Incredicoaster. Um, which, which now it's the the Incredicoaster. They took California Screaming and made it into, based it off of the Incredibles. It's still the same ride. It's basically just like a roller coaster, like a yeah, just like your everyday roller coaster. But yeah. but it's neat because they, they they implement some uh, incredible stuff into it. Um, I mean, you're right. You, you did put me on the spot, but no, I ask you the tough question. Yeah, but but I would have to say one of the major one of my major favorite things about the Disney parks is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Without a doubt, um, I love those rides. Are so incredible to me, especially the one at Disneyland. The, um, I, I remember the ride specifically because Disneyland is the most recent park that I've been to. But the ride is just so freaking cool and like so immersive and so neat, and it just gets me in that in that mood of like Pirates of the Caribbean, like instantly. So that's one of my favorite parts. So you're one of the ones that if when we were talking about having Barbosa in this game, you're totally in on this, right? Oh yeah. I'm totally in on, I'm totally in on Barbosa or Davy Jones or, or anything that they could get in. Yeah. I think either of those characters would be fantastic. And just here, David Berger, take our ideas. We want Barbosa or whatever. If you're thinking of Barbosa, just having your allies be like Skella pirates, that's so that's so neat. Um, yeah. that would be yeah. so that would be and so yeah. neat to me. Man, I could I, I, I haven't been to a park in so long. I could just sit here and just talk about the parks because I have next time I go, I definitely want to go to the Star Wars land. That's one of my that's one of my big things I want to go to. I want to make my own lightsaber. Oh yeah. That's one of the <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the most popular things about the parks right now. And and the rides that they have there are just so they're so crazily like realistic. Like you forget that, that there are animatronics on the ride, that they're not actual cast members or actual people in the ride. It's literally just like a robot, but it looks so it looks so freaking real now, it's not even funny. <laughs> God, no. You're just exciting me. Now now I just want to spend the whole episode talking about Disney parks. Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm all but, in. Uh, Let's slightly get back on topic. Just, you know, this is what we do. We have tangents on the show. Um, so now that we kind of, after we talked about parks, we, we generally know kind of your, your history a little bit with just kind of getting into the game. So you, you got introduced at your sisters, you know, and obviously you have, you have a special place in your heart for Captain Hook. Cause I, I know you and I have talked Captain Hook is, and Peter Pan in general is like your favorite Disney movie, correct? Yes, correct. Yes. So I guess with going off of that, so, I assume one of the things in this game that really gets to, it gets you is the theme, right? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So, like with Captain Hook, like what what is some of your favorite thematic things that are in that deck that really just helps spice that up for you? Well, I mean, I've got the deck right here in my hands. I'm just looking <laughs> at it. Um, I would say definitely it's it's not really the the deck or the cards, but it's kind of just the overall idea of of his of his objective and what it takes to get there so in in thinking about the movie obviously um so obviously i'm not going to explain the whole plot of the movie but whenever 
um, Captain Hook is trying to find Peter Pan, he gets me to kidnap Tinkerbell. Um, so, th- so that way Tink can lead them to Peter Pan's hideout, which in this case is Hangman's Tree. So my whole thing with Hangman's Tree being locked until you find the map is so freaking thematic to me. And, so, and, and it does so right by the movie that I, I was so enthralled by it. I was like, wow, that's genius that, of course, you have to find the map first before you get Hangman's Tree unlocked. And it's not... And it's not dumb that Peter would be there before it's unlocked because that's his, that's basically where he sleeps <laughs> at night or, or like, that's like his house. That's like where him and the lost boys sleep and hang out or whatever. Um, so, so for me, that was kind of the main thing was just leading up to finding the map and then unlocking it. And then what else? Um, it uh, as far as the the movie goes, it doesn't really get it much because by then, whenever he finds the hideout, he's already captured all of his friends and they're all at the Jolly Roger. Um, and then Peter Pan goes to the Jolly Roger willingly to save everybody. Or oh, wait, no, not willingly. He he gets like the bomb, which in this case is the ingenious device um, that blows up the tree, and then everyone thinks that he's dead by now and then he has to go save everybody. Um, that doesn't really fall in line with um, the, uh, the villainous as- uh, aspect of his character in the game, but I feel like just seeing those little nods of, oh, you have to find the Neverland map before you can even go to Hangman's Tree, I think that's one. I think that's a really cool um, idea that they have in the game. Um, and then also, if you're even thinking about worthy opponent too, right? So if you're thinking of the card where obviously you gain two to power, but you reveal a hero and you have to play them. So if you're revealing them, normally when I play, I just play them to the Jolly Roger regardless. I, I, I'll just stack them at the Jolly Roger typically um, unless I can vanquish them in one turn and I have the allies to do it, which I would. Um, but that kind of plays into the movie as well, because by the time Peter's at the Jolly Roger, all the heroes are there as well. <laughs> so. Um, and I think kind of just more so I play him because he is my favorite Disney villain and Peter Pan is my favorite Disney movie. Um, I remember specifically, there's a picture of me that my mom has when I'm, when I was really young at the parks in Orlando and I'm wearing this pirate hat and I have the hook in my right hand and I remember seeing that picture and being like, wow, I, like, no wonder I was so into, uh, like, no wonder I'm so into Peter Pan. Um, and then, of course, playing the first Kingdom Hearts game and having the Neverland world, um, being on the ship the entire time, and the hook boss fight was just so interesting. And so that, that whole game really got me back into Disney as well, um, which is kind of funny because whenever I started playing Villainous for the first time, I felt like that really reignited my love for Disney as well whenever I started playing Villainous too. I agree with that statement 100%. Yeah. Now, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, the, <laughs> all right, d- ditto the master of Kingdom Hearts. What What is your thoughts on the Neverland world in uh, Kingdom Hearts? Probably one of my favorites. All right. <laughs> Pretty much across the board. Um, I don't know. Just the way the environment's laid out, and the fact that it's deliberately a little more open in a lot of places to really take advantage of the flight mechanic they threw in, uh, is really just satisfying to play around with. 
I also got to give shout outs to Peter Pan being a cool ally in that game. Let's just be real. Oh, oh come yeah. on. Everyone knows everyone knows Tinkerbell's the real prize. Uh, oh yeah, let's just, let's just be real. Tinkerbell is the best summon in that game right next to Genie. Let's just be real. Yeah. Hands down. Constant healing, 3 MP, take it or leave it. Um pretty much. <laughs> no. Um, and once again, Kingdom Hearts has infected an episode of the podcast. It well, was never you know, meant to try. It's going to be continuing thing on the show. It's the podcast on the podcast. It's the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> show within the Disney villain show. Um, I so should have warned you guys. It's funny that you say that, Brian, about the reigniting your love for Disney. Because I remember when I started playing this game, you know, I, I and I've said this before. I My main, like, the main geeky stuff I'm into is Marvel. Like, as we get closer to the Marvel villainous announcements and stuff like that, I I'm getting more excited, like straight up because Marvel's like my bread and butter. But when playing Disney villainous, you know, for the first time and really getting into the game, I actually forgot how much of a Disney fan I am. And you kind of forget sometimes, especially as you get older. Cause you know, like most of us, we probably watched these movies a lot when we were, when we were younger, but as you get older, and like you start like you may watch them again with a different set of like eyeballs or, you know, you're playing this like these games and whatnot. You kind of grow a, a greater appreciation for that stuff. And it kind of reminded me that I am like at heart a Disney fan and I do enjoy a lot of the Disney movies that were offered. And it's it's kind of nice to know that the, the, literally what this game is supposed to do is remind you of you are a Disney fan at heart. Like everyone yeah. is. We'll just be real. If you're not, you're a crazy person. Um, because we all grew up at least with one of these movies. Let's just be real. Like, everyone has different ones, but everyone grew up with something different, and they're gonna latch on to that particular movie, and that's why everyone's like, "I want the Horned King. I want Oogie Boogie. I want such and such character because exactly. that, that's the movie that they grew up with with Disney. You know, yep. that's what they want. Unless you're me and you just grew up with all of them. <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> I mean, the only one, the the ones I grew up with were Lion King and Toy Story. And then I remember in the, before like the age of seven, the only other ones I was really into were Hercules and Tarzan. That was it. Shout out to Tarzan, by the way. Best Disney movie, hands down. Take it or leave it. Um, someone's going to argue with me about that in the comments of this podcast. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up, Brian. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to, so I know you said you didn't play a lot of tabletop. Like by playing this game and like getting more into like the mechanical depth of it, like has it interested you at all to maybe try other tabletop games, or is really Disney Villain is kind of like the stick, you know, that this is the one you want to stick with for right now and play? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think right now just because of um the world we're still living in right now with the pandemic. Um, yeah. I feel like Disney villainous is something I really want to stick with. Um, uh, my wife really is not into tabletop games at all, um, honestly. So whenever I found tabletop simulator and I figured out that it could work on my laptop, there was really a saving grace. Um, <laughs> uh, because typically um, she didn't like playing uh, the game every day, which, um, you know, like, of course, like no, like like no offense to her at all, because you know, whenever I started really getting into this game, I feel like I could play it at any time and and not get bored at all, and I could play every day and, and you know just be cool with it, you know. 
Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying she she never had to or anything, but um, right. but with um with other tabletop games, um, I really do feel like I'd I'd want to get into it. Um, after playing Disney Villainous, um, I feel like I'd maybe want to find other games that are that kind of have the same mechanics, um, as Disney Villainous. You know, with um, obviously like cards. I feel like every tabletop game has cards, but actions and things to do um whenever it gets to the point of like there are so many rules at once whenever i'm getting introduced as opposed to with disney villainous it feels kind of perfect for any player to just kind of walk up and and start playing because it's just like hey you're gonna play a disney villain here's what you have to do these little things that you see on every location that means that's kind of what you can do during your turn here's a card that tells you what those things mean. Here are your cards. Ready, set, go. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it feels like anyone could kind of jump into it. Um, I definitely would like to get into some other games where I feel it's kind of simple at the beginning, but there might be some things to, you know, figure out or some hidden tricks to figure out to make the game move faster, but not to make it to where those hidden tricks have to be used to have fun or things like that, you know, um, but, um, but really I'm, I am the kind of guy, if I'm being honest to where I can literally play the same game over and over again and not get bored. I mean, I think Ditto can attest to this as well. If he's really as big of a Kingdom Hearts fan as he says he is, I can play that game over and over and legit find new things to do every time. I can start new games where I'm like, okay, I'm going to start with the staff instead of the sword, or I'm going to start with the shield instead of the sword, or, hey, I'm going to do this here instead of that, or, or literally just play the game over and over again doing the same things, you know, because the game's fun. Um, or, like, I grew up a big Pokemon fan. So, like, no. so like, oh, my gosh, I could play that game all the time. Like, like, once I'm done with it, I just restart it, and my wife will look at me and be like, why are you restarting? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to pick the other starter and build a team based off of the other starter now <laughs> because I started out with Squirtle and I had like Growlithe, the fire type as my fire type. So now I'm going to start with fire type Charmeleon or Charmander. And then I'm going to pick Staryu or um, Magikarp as my water type and get a Gyarados in this case. So really that's kind of like the player that I am. So I wouldn't mind dipping my toes into some other um, tabletop games as long as they're not, stupid complex right at the beginning <laughs> um no, I, you know i agree I, yeah. I i very much echo a lot of what you're talking about because you know lately you and i have been playing a ton and i i am also with you in the boat where and i've i've told this to you this is my favorite tabletop game of all time yeah and i could play this game over and over again and not get bored like i do know when i have my limits but i could literally play this game every day and never get tired of it like no joke it's it is an incredible game in just the way that it, like now, especially when you're playing with two people, it feels quick enough that you don't feel like you're drag like you're making your brain hurt. Although we still have those matches where our brain hurts. I forget which one it was recently that we played that afterwards. Oh, we, were like, <laughs> we were like, Nope. <laughs> our brain just exploded. Um, it had to have been like Pete and Cruella or Pete and Gothel or something like that. I forget what we were doing. It was yeah. something weird. Was it I like, what it was. like Pete? Brian, and then I was like yeah. something else weird. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was. 
like I was Pete, and I think and I think you played Gothel or something, or like yeah, Corella. I, I can't remember what it was. Perfectly wretched characters or something like that. I think I might yeah. have been, but it was like it's like I remember you told me you know, you hadn't really played Pete that much. And yeah. we were we were going in, and I think I just remember at the end of it, I'm just like, my brain's dead. I can't do this yeah. anymore. Yeah, because I couldn't figure out how to do the whole controls thing with him to to like drop the card out of the bottom, and it took us like ten minutes to figure that out. And then I found out that because of my magic mouse, I can't actually do it, which is funny. <laughs> um, better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just I keep you know as the. As the person who is the Disney villainous fan here, I still don't remember how to. Well, I mean, I actually don't remember what the command is, but uh, I still don't remember how to do the drop the bottom card from the deck on TTS. But uh, like alt right click or something. Yeah, like that. I think it's like you have to hold it and then click. Com- well, I have a I have a MacBook, so <laughs> yeah, like no, yeah, command Mac alt weird. and shift or something. I don't I don't remember. I'm like right click yeah. or something. God bless you, Apple. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I um, I I hundred percent agree with you on the being able to play this every day, and I also understand too from the perspective of you can't you can't force people to play this game with you constantly, or else they're gonna be like, all right. But you gotta. That's when you have to find people like me. That's oh yeah. What you gotta do. Um, and then I found the Discord, and I was like, wow, yeah. look at all friends. Look at all of them. <laughs> that was like great. Wanna, we, people are always want to play matches. That's why. That's why we got TTS and Zoom matchmaking. Props yeah, yeah. Props to that. Um, when it so I when it comes to the other tabletop game stuff, like so, you said you'd be interested in you know other games that play similar to Villainous. Have you looked up any at all, or is it more of like you know when the time comes when you're ready to kind of maybe transition into a new game, you just would like something that's like simple and has like very like card management type of system. Is that what you would be looking for? Um, yeah, but, uh, basically that. Um, yeah, yeah, basically what you just said. Uh, something right. with a lot of card management. Um, obviously, I play Hook, and, and I don't mind playing him over and over again, so I don't mind like re- like recycling the deck and discarding cards all the time and finding things and things like that. Um I'm normally very bad at like looking for things. <laughs> um, I'm not very good like on the research end, so I feel like that would be a place where I would reach out to like friends or other people uh, like you or um, Ditto, for instance. Just be like, "Hey, I'm really big into Villainous. What are some other games that you think I would enjoy?" You know, just like top of your head. That's an, inter- you, that's an you know interesting thing. I can actually. Yeah. I will tout one game that I think would be great. Um, and this is for not not just for Brian, but for all of those of you who are listening to the show right now. I think if you have not played any other tabletop games, and Villainous was your first real game to get into it, a game called Smash Up by publisher AEG. Smash Up, I think, is an incredible hand management game and actually has some very similar kind of style mechanics to Villainous where, like, you have minions that have, like, strength, and you have different locations that you go to, but it's all, like, shared. It's not like there, there's individual locations for each player. And um, I forget if they're... Lo- yeah, no, they're called... No, they're bases. That's what it's called. And the cool thing about Smash Up is that it's still... There's still, like, a deck that you can you create that can be your own, but the idea is that you can have different factions that you smash together. So it's, like you know, Russian bears and cybernetic dinosaurs or cybernetic apes and fairies and 
all sorts of stuff. And there's so many factions at this point. This game has been running since, I think, 2012 or 2013. And there is so much variety in this game that you can never get bored. And it's relatively simple to play. Um, I think that'd be a great game to get yourself into. Um, and the nice thing, too, is if you want to play it in the flesh, there the game is relatively cheap. I think most of the expansions run for, like, 15 to 20 bucks on Amazon, and you can get the base game for, like, 20 to 30 bucks as well, depending on retailer. And then uh, the game does have a digital, like, official digital version that's not through TTS, but I actually do not know how well it's been updated because I remember looking into it, and I heard it's not super great. But it does it does get the job done apparently, and I think they actually might have updated it recently with all the the state of the world stuff going on. So that is a game that I would strongly suggest that I think would be fun, and especially too because one of the things that Villainous doesn't really get to let you do is do a little bit of deck customization. This one allows you to actually take like two different you can call them characters and smash them together into a deck to make it kind of fun. So it has very similar mechanics to Villainous. Um, it doesn't let you uh Yu-Gi-Oh your deck i guess you could say <laughs> um it, yeah there are some combinations you could Yu-Gi-Oh your deck yeah um i think that i actually remember too there is a faction that is basically making fun of pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. so they got all the Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon things in it i think there literally is a car a card called blue eyes white dragon or wherever the hell the car is i forget i never played Yu-Gi-Oh, so i don't know um ditto do you have any recommendations? Honestly, the first thing that kind of bounces into my mind when I think of like newcomers starting with villainous and then kind of assimilating their way in is actually Settlers of Catan. Oh god. Um there's a few different things all going on, but at the heart of the game, it's still very much a kind of location-centric resource management collect the right cards, make the right combos, overtake your opponent kind of game. And I think it's a different type of complement to Villainous, but I think it would work well for a lot of newcomers. What? So, I, um, there are tons of different versions of Settlers. Do you have a particular version you play, or do you just stick with the original? So you just stick with the classic. You stick with the classic. Yeah, and you can you can find sellers of Catan like anywhere. Um, exactly. And, and what's nice about it, too, yeah, what like what Ditto said, what's nice about it is that it's very location based. I think the only thing that Settlers has that might freak a few people out, but it kind of depends on your play groups, is that um, you do have to have three players. So for those of you who you know maybe you live with somebody or whatnot, and it's just the two of you, um, this game is a three player game, so you will need to grab. A third person and but luckily there are tons of digital versions of settlers of Catan out there i think there's even officially like published dlc of it for dts if i'm not mistaken am i wrong i forget no if there's an official one but there's like two or three absolutely beautiful boards for it yeah i know there's like a switch version too so if you have a nintendo switch you can display it there um get your digital fix but uh believe it or not ditto Unpopular opinion. I am not a huge fan of Settlers of Catan, but it's because of all the reasons why people don't like Monopoly. And I love Monopoly. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. I would definitely uh, agree with those people who think that uh, Catan is kind of a uh, 
friendship breaker. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, great. Yeah. I would, um, Catan is one of those games that you need to play with people that you really enjoy hanging out with. And like, if someone gets screwed over, you guys can still have a good time. Um, cause that's why like, uh, my se- my secret is that Mon- Monopoly used to be my favorite game of all time, but it was because it was my first board game I ever played. And as I got older, I realized all the holes that Monopoly has. And I uh, the only way I could play Monopoly now is if I play it with my brother and my dad. Because every time I play with other people, I literally, everyone just like screws around. And I'm like, you need to get three properties of the same color or else the game's going to last five hours. it's a uh it's an adventure yeah it's like playing mario party you know oh Oh, no (laughs) yeah and any mario party game that's a friendship breaker and all of a sudden the person that's in last can win and it by complete chance yeah great um it's wonderful yeah i know i love it yeah now brian i know hook is not your only character that you enjoy playing in this game. There is another one that I think you and I both share. Uh, Correct. Correct. I believe, I believe this guy is the greatest criminal mind. If I'm not mistaken. He is the world. He No, he is the world's greatest criminal mind. There he we is go. Professor Radigan. So yes, what's your, what's indeed. your experience with the, with the rat? Cause I, th- I believe you've actually seen the movie before playing the game, correct? Yes. So I have seen the movie before playing the game. Um, although I was very young and I didn't really remember much of it, but, um, and, and I totally side note, I just realized that earlier I was calling, um, the worst takes it all. Um, the first villainous base game, I was calling it evil comes prepared. So, um, just like take that, the worst takes it all, and just dub that over. Evil comes prepared. No, uh, it's it's okay. Don't worry. We're live, the the folks, people in the live. comments, if they if they post about it and then they listen to the whole episode, then they'll feel bad about themselves when they when they right. say it later. Right. And so they'll um, feel bad. Yeah. So uh, with Radigan, um, yes, I remember seeing the movie as uh, a small child, but I didn't really remember what at all what it was about. Um, but. And I think one of our other times, um, I think it was my sister again that said, hey, they, they have an expansion out and we have the new expansion for Villainous. We have Evil Comes Prepared. Um, and Radigan was, well, well, is obviously included in Evil Comes Prepared. Right. Um, so I saw that and I was like, whoa, wait, this guy. Like, I remember this guy, like, very vividly, like, you know, Radigan, like, I remember him. And I played him, and I immediately saw um, the, like, the character token. Like, his, like, his little board token, like, or, or the objective token, I guess you could call it, that it's, that's double-sided. And I was like, wait, this is super cool and super unique. Like, this just takes the cake now. Like, in terms of changing and making the game, like, super cool and unique, having a character that has you know or that has the ability to have two different objectives although something has to happen to, to trigger the rat obviously but um but yeah i remember seeing him and being very into it and not remembering anything about the movie um i started playing him that night and i was like wait this is cool and then maybe like a couple of days or weeks after that i watched the movie again and was like 
okay, yeah, this is super unique and super sweet. And then roughly around that time, um, my wife and I had purchased um, Wicked to the Core, um, that expansion. So, so, so we had the... My sister had The Worst Takes It All, Evil Comes Prepared, and I had Wicked to the Core. So whenever we started playing together again, I would bring over Wicked to the Core so that way all at the time 12 villains were included um like choice wise so that way we could all choose from them and around that time i started watching all the movies again like you know princess and the frog snow white and the seven dwarves hercules um the great mouse detective peter pan aladdin just to really see the movies and actually see some of the art as well um that is implemented into the cards because I don't know when the last time you guys saw Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but the scene whenever um, the evil queen is making the apple, like all of the ingredients are just one by one being shown. And, and like I can literally see the card art whenever I'm watching the movie. And that was just so unique and cool to me. Um, but yeah, it with. Is, um, it is brilliant. It is brilliant yeah. how the art direction of this game they're literally like all right let's just take the stills from the movies and just recreate them so you get this new fresh take of a scene from the movie that isn't like the clip like directly from the movie but it's literally just a new piece of art and how much like there's a weird nostalgia factor with it where i feel like if they just used the clip from the movie it wouldn't like hit you as hard but the fact that it's redrawn and like a new light yeah. It just it, it just does something. There's something special about that that I don't think we appreciate enough when we play this game. Yeah, and it's funny because when when I would play Kingdom Hearts, when I still do, um, especially with the new game, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three, I feel so immersed into just the universe and all the worlds whenever I play. And it's funny because I get that same feeling whenever I play Disney Villainous, and it's a card game. You know, it's a tabletop game with cards. And I, and, I, and I get that same, like, childlike wonder or, like, I feel like I'm literally in it. Like, like in that moment, like, as I'm playing the cards, I'm, like, as, as cheesy and ridiculous as it sounds, I'm literally getting all my allies ready to go to find Peter or, or to defeat Peter Pan later. And I'm scrounging for the map because I need to find, because I need to make sure I can move Peter later and I need to find Peter Pan. And it, it's just so, it's just so freaking unique and so interesting. Um, and, then, and then part of the reason why I like Radigan so much is I feel like, um, like I was saying, I, I really don't mind discarding and finding things. That's not something that I frown upon necessarily when I play the game and play and find a character to play. Um, I know I've spoken to a couple of people or seen some things on either YouTube or on the Discord about character selection, and some people are kind of a little bit hesitant with Hook because sometimes a lot of people say, oh, whenever I play him, the map is all the way at the bottom, or Peter's all the way at the bottom. And in the case of Radigan, it could be the same thing, like, oh, the Robot Queen's all the way at the bottom, you know? And I really don't mind that, and I can say especially for Hook because I feel like there's always something that I can do during my turn to get me somewhat closer and to still make me look like a threat, even though I, I don't have the map yet or I haven't found Peter Pan yet, you know? And at the same time with, now we're talking about like 
his realm and the locations, but I, I feel like the fact that he's able to fate every other turn is still very good. You know, like I like I don't mind it. Mermaid Lagoon is such a good spot that he can just play cards like whenever. And being able to discard and, and also being able to discard every turn as well between the Jolly Roger and Mermaid and uh, not Mermaid, Jolly Roger and Skull Rock is good as well, but but yeah, that's just kind of my my take and my bias. Sorry to go off on a tangent. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, we, we live for tangents on this show. We encourage those here. Yeah, yeah we seriously do. Um, so I guess it's kind of interesting because, like, you know, and I, and I know this by playing uh, playing with you. Like, Hook has kind of always been your mainstay. Like, you really just never stopped playing Hook, right? Yeah. You never yeah. did. So, yeah. like, when you started playing Radigan, was Radigan like the first character in this game that, like, because I assume you at least tried out everybody at some point, but like Hook was always the mainstay. But was the rat the first one that was like, wow, there's a new character I actually generally enjoy playing? Uh, yeah. So um, Radigan was definitely the the character next that I was like, hey, this is another guy that I um, enjoy playing just kind of like as a. As just like, you know, with like his mechanics and his idea in general, um, obviously, like because okay i'm gonna go into like deep deep talk here about like right, mechanics talk, and things like that um with hook it's like although it might take you forever to find the map and find peter you can literally defeat pan in one turn if you wanted to or in two turns which still is really good you can defeat pan in two turns you know um with the rat there are so many possibilities and so many crazy things that you could do um, around him. You know, like I know that you and I, uh, Jonesy, have had this talk or have played games where this has come up, you know, with like the ruffians per se. And if you have the robot queen out, you could realistically, if you had the right cards, you could like, let's say you're not at, Flavorsham's toy shop and it's uncovered but before that you play the robot queen and then when you go to let's say Flavorsham's right or, or you play the robot queen from Big Ben and then you move her using the move action because it's uncovered and then your next turn you go to Flavorsham's and both spots happen to be uncovered if you have two ruffians in your hands you can play both of them to Buckingham Palace and move the queen twice and then all of a sudden you have the robot queen at Buckingham Palace, and you have four strength at Buckingham Palace, ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no. like, 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 like that type of big brain or play is just fascinating to me because something that I love about this game too is that although it's um, two years old, um, nearly, I think I can't remember. Um, although it's around two years old, there are still so many freaking things to unlock with it. It's it's not even funny. Like all the characters that we think. We've gotten like down and figured everything out. There are still probably things that have yet to be uncovered, like strategies or things that you can do um, within um, within each character. And that's kind of my favorite thing. Like my favorite part is that I don't mind playing Captain Hook all the time because I feel like with every time that I play him, I could be figuring out something new that I could use to help me in later games. And the same goes with Radigan as well. Yeah, I uh, I definitely like especially, and I know you and I both kind of like you've you and I both played fighting games of some sorts, yeah, um, or at least followed the scene. And this is what makes this game super special is that like you know, you know, granted I've only been playing the game for a year, but I feel like there are so many things that just by joining the community 
and having other people who had experience playing this game to the extremity that we have, we've been able to discover other strategies and like watch characters evolve over the course of time to a place where like, even like what we're talking about with Radigan, like usually most people are going to try to use the blimp and try to pull off the blimp combo to move the robot queen. But let's say you don't have the blimp. What do you do? Well, maybe you store up on some ruffians and you use bonus move actions and you do it that way to still be a threat. And on top of what you said, you're stacking four strength at the, at Buckingham Palace, so when uh, Basil comes out and tries to take out the the Mouse Queen, you are basically no. ready, set, go to take him out. Yeah. And there are just so many, there's so many strategies that are still building with these characters, and I think that's one of the most fun things right now with me personally is that I don't think we've cracked open the Perfect Wretched characters that much yet. So there's still going to be a whole year of watching those characters evolve and adapt with the characters we have now, possibly if Marvel is completely compatible with Disney and then like eventually down the road, when we get more characters, seeing all those different strategies evolved in this game, I think is great. And especially I know for someone who is new to the tabletop genre to actually have you see those strategies and like develop your own strategies and like kind of build your own form of the character, I think is really important because uh, creativity in fighting games has always been important to me where it's like, the, the if you build a fighting game correctly, you can have one character be able to be played in multitudes of different styles and ways. It's the reason why I always tell people I think Killer Killer Instinct is one of the best fighting games of all time because there's so much player creativity. And granted, maybe it's not to the same extremity as Disney Villainous, but even like what we point out right there, there are so many different possibilities to approach characters like Kathleen Hook, Radigan. You know, like with me, I have my scar. And a little bit of my doctor, Facilier, you know, and even my my Radigan as well. And you're going to think of those plays differently with those different characters, with different people playing them. And I think that helps extend the life because if you bring the game over to somebody, this house who's never played it before, they're going to look at the character differently than you ever did. You know, yeah. and that's, that's the cool thing, me playing against your hook, is I've actually learned things about hook that I haven't seen before. But it's because you played him in a particular way. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto, do you have any experience introducing this game to new tabletop people? I've actually attempted to introduce this game to all sorts of different people. Really? Uh, a few couple friends of mine who had never even really so much as played a card game that wasn't poker. Uh <laughs> Uh, all the way up to, like, dedicated, probably more hardcore gamers than uh, I would honestly be, for sure. Uh, really? Just no, the whole spectrum. The Kingdom Hearts fan here, the more hardcore than you? That's a that's Hey, a I, 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 I spent my time with Dark Souls 2. Don't, okay, don't. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't count me out just because I prefer Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> all right. All right. Anyway, continue with your story. Um... It's just really interesting to think about because this one of my friends in particular has never really played something this strategic before. And just, I started her off with Prince John. Big surprise. Go figure. Uh, and she ended up winning the game just out of nowhere because it, it's just that approachable for new people. And I think what's really interesting playing against newer people for this game is that because they have a completely fresh perspective on the characters, 
they can pull off some tactics just by looking at the cards that even people who have been playing the game for a long time kind of miss out on. And just because we're really kind of looking for the minutia and all the really intricate details of the combos, if you look at it from a bigger perspective and it's like, okay, bam, 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 I win. Yeah. So. I, I think it's super, I mean, like, it literally, you, you back up the point of, like, you have someone who's never played the game before with a fresh set of eyes, and then they find things that you never discovered. And, like, us as a community, too, we've been able to discover so many new cool tricks with the characters that you would have never thought of. I will still never forget the moment when Salmon, we were playing a three-player game, and he was playing Jafar, and he pulls off the freaking manipulation or deception manipulation shenanigans. That was insane. I wish I could have had that on recording. I didn't record that one. But oh my god, it it was it was a, it was a dream combo, if you ever saw it. But like we would have never even thought of that if we didn't have this community of like people coming into the tabletop sphere too. Because I know some people didn't necessarily play like tabletop games. It was more like they were playing Magic: The Gathering or other like trading card game style of games. Which honestly, this this game is very built off of that now like coming full circle and understanding other trading card game stuff because i never really played a trading card game i would usually just play tabletop stuff like just normal board games so it's been interesting to see the different perspectives of people coming into the game with a fresh set of eyes i call um the deception manipulation trick uh hook's nightmare so oh yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah, you probably don't like that one at all oh no oh no i don't that that that's a, that's fair <laughs> no oh god i was gonna say i don't think i've played jafar against you and i don't think i've seen that come up no you. um we've done a lot of jafar um facilier and deception has really messed me up a couple times so i always have to be on my toes <laughs> to make sure i'm not discarding two or more cards all the time Oh yeah, no. I always love it too. Whenever I play Scar against you, and when you have to discard stuff, you're always like, "Do I discard this other card?" And then like you're not, you're not afraid, and you discard, it, and I like pride. It's yeah, always- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like th- there are situations where you really can't avoid doing that, even though it's you, you basically building your own coffin at that point. Like how, um, it's like how I pop like ruthless like three or four times last night when you're playing exactly, like, it, yeah. exactly. Like there's just some conditions that are designed to be abused. Yeah, that's why normally against like Facilier now I'm just like discarding everything at the very beginning. I'm like whatever, like I'll just get rid of everything until I see the map or like the device or something like that, and then it's gonna be like okay, great. Or like if I'm getting given mascaras and where the opponents, I'll play those. Everything else is just getting discarded. Unless this fortune pile is growing like crazy. Nice. Um, just yeah. the last thing I'll ask you about, Brian, and then we'll kind of start to wrap up the show here, is like, so when now that you've gotten super into the weeds of Disney Villainous, where does this this game overall rank in terms of like all games that you've played? Because I know I know you talked about Kingdom Hearts and I know you've probably played some other games, but like is Disney oh Villainous like up there in terms of like some of your favorite games of all time? Oh yeah. M- most definitely. Yeah. I would say that indefinitely. Um with when I got introduced to Kingdom Hearts when I was nine or ten years old, I thought it was the coolest freaking thing ever that Donald Duck 
was going to be fighting alongside me against these Always monsters, <laughs> these monsters that were stealing hearts. I thought it was the craziest thing. And how, Why is like, he always the one? <laughs> and like Donald's the best ally or the best party member in that game. He has healing. He gets all the magic upgrades. He is busted. Yeah. To be frank. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Like I thought it was insane. Like being able to take the rated G or PG, some PG Disney Disney heroes and the Disney universes and implementing into this like Final Fantasy-esque RPG game, story-driven fighting game. I thought that was like genius. Like it was incredibly genius to just say, hey, we're going to make Disney really unique in this factor and introduce and introduce Disney to a whole new audience, but also at the same time introduce like basic RPGs or Final Fantasy-esque mechanics to a Disney audience, you know? And then um, with Disney Villainous, I felt like it just did the same exact thing, except it took the, the tabletop community um, and introduced that to, and, and, and really took Disney and melded it into this tabletop game that a lot of tabletop um, enthusiasts can enjoy, but also... Um, a way that a lot of Disney fanatic, uh, fan- uh, fanatics can get into um, tabletop games as well. And I totally remembered the question. I just was not answering it at all. But in terms of rankings, um, this game is definitely in the top, like, top three for me right now. Wow. J- okay. Just in terms of how they introduced it um, and really just kind of melded the worlds into each other of saying, hey... Like Disney can be a part of tabletop games too, you know. Like, and and it really works. It's it's crazy how well this game works. Yeah, um, I mean, we we talk about all the time about how there really wasn't a Disney tabletop game that people were raving about before this one. Like, this is the one. Like, I don't. And Ditto, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's another one that really spawned the audience and praise than any other Disney card game or tabletop game before then, right? Marvel. No. Yeah. Um it's just it's just incredible. I just I'm I'm really glad. Like and the thing too is like, you know, we Brian and I would not have been able to really kind of spark our, you know, our match, you know, playing stuff over these past weeks and tech God, it's been like almost two months now that since we've been playing almost like every other day. Do you realize that? Yeah. Yeah. This it's is crazy. Insane. But like <laughs> We wouldn't be able to have done that if you weren't able to be introduced into this new world of gaming. That's not your like your typical, you know, plug in your console or when you're not doing your taxes on your PC, your computer. Um, I'm going to make that I'm going to always make that joke and some people will get it. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just I'm glad that this game was able to introduce people that normally would not play tabletop games to the the hobby and also be part of our community, too. I think that's. I think that's the best part is the fact that you love this game enough that you want to join us and be on this crazy adventure of us talking super nerd about the game all the time. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I, I also, I love it too. When like, after we do matches, like we have those nice, like powwows for like 20 minutes and just talk about the strategy. I always love those conversations. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And man, just like seeing, well, like even seeing um, y'all's game yesterday on the stream where ditto played hook and when 
like hook Cruella cunning is like incredibly useful incredibly useful it's like that good. like that condition is super good to say hey i'm going to use this to play starkey and oh now peter pan's at the jolly roger like that is that is nuts and and that and and, and i can't remember um correct me if i'm wrong but i can't remember i think that would that was the game that yeah, was like it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. yeah it was like it was like oh cunning i play I play Starkey, so now um, Peter Pan moves. Oh, and you can't fate me even if you wanted to, because now I definitely win the game, and you're not even done with your turn yet. You know, like, like those kind of ideas, like really, like are really interesting to me. Because um, as far as fighting game go, fighting games go, um, I'm really into Super Smash Bros. Um, Super Smash Brothers Melee, in particular, for the GameCube. Um, me and uh, a former bandmate of mine, um, we used to play that all the time, um, like competitively. And I'd watch like the competitive, competitive tournaments and videos of tournaments and things like that, and really just see like so many options and so many things that could be done. And it's funny how in a in a card game, it kind of feels that same way. And I, and I know I just use the magic word options, you know, but yeah. <laughs> the theme but, of the show. Um, yeah, but like there are so many freaking things. So many freaking things. Like so many cool things that are developing and so many different scenarios that you could be put in. Like to, depending on character matchup, of course, you know, like obviously like like I was saying, with Corella, cunning becomes super useful because you're you're gonna play Jasper. Like I feel like I've I've never seen a game where you against against a Cruella where they either didn't play Jasper or where they didn't put a poker on Horus to get him to force strength, you know? So there's always going to be a reason to have cunning and use it. And going back to like Dr. Facilier, you know, like keeping an eye out for as the hook player, you have to make sure you're not discarding two cards (laughs) all the time, or you have to be weary of their discard pile. If they've either discarded it or if desperation is in the fortune pile, then you could be safe in that case. Um, But yeah, just, perfect things like that and I'm, I'm so glad you made the fighting game comparison because i relate this game so much to fighting games i know people probably get sick of me talking about it sometimes but it is it is so fighting game on a fighting game level that people don't understand it's just so great yeah it's incredible um especially because like the matchup stuff like you're talking about there with like what ditto and i were playing on the live stream last night which we may or may not be continuing to do um waiting to hear from all of you on that one but uh, we like the, it's so cool to see how literally the condition cards themselves like play super hard into matchups, and like there's matchups that we don't even know exist yet that might go in crazy favors with other characters. Um, yeah, which is super bonkers to me. What was what was the what was the match that did the other day that we did Evil Queen? What was the Evil Queen matchup? Was what was the what was the one that you had the bad draws? What was that one? All of them. Oh, uh, I think it was Scar. <laughs> was it Scar? I feel like it was Scar. Maybe, but like it was like I freak. I don't think it was, but I remember. I remember what happened was is that when you were playing Evil Queen, we kind of figured out that yeah, Evil Queen's got this thing where she just doesn't draw good hands of cards and can't do anything. She gets stopped, you know, and like you have to discover those matchups like through playing other characters and like other matchups with the characters you might play a lot, even like 
if you're Brian and play hook all the time, you still have to discover the matchups of every single other character, you know, like all the other characters that exist in the game to kind of figure out, all right, what condition cards can I pull off? Like what you were talking about with Cruella or which ones I know I have to watch out for because I know I'm going to probably trigger them when I'm playing the game. You know, there, there's just so much, there's just so much to dive into this game. I could talk about it for ages. That is definitely something we should talk about at some point in the podcast is uh, relating this to the fighting game aspect. And I should bring in my killer instinct days. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, um, all righty. Um, I think we're going to wrap up the show there, friends. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. You have been a pleasure to have on the show. This was really, actually a really fun podcast to do. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I'm always down to talk about um, the nefarious Captain Hook at any time. So thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me, you guys. No, no, I, I, seriously, it's, it's been a blast. When we, when we want to... Um... I wish I could say the Captain Hook quote at the top of my head to be really, really smart, er, smart and comical, but I, can't, I know it's something about light, the light in the fuse and powder kegs and stuff. I'll pretend I'm smart. Um, but uh, That's okay. We, we know what you were going for. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thanks, Ditto. Thanks for backing me up on that one. Um, <laughs> um, but thank you, thank you, Brian, for joining us. And thank you, Ditto, for joining us as well. I hope the coffee was great, Ditto. Is the coffee gone? It was gone? pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to have two of me around for a change. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, but, between uh, the Kingdom Hearts and the Pokemon and everything, you just weren't missing a beat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I was going to say, man, you're were, you were hitting all the right notes with Ditto today. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for joining me, friends. Thank you all for listening to the show. Until next time, everybody, make sure you're staying healthy and safe out there. And as always, stay wicked. And that, friends is the show. Yay. Nice.